0: You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode
1: is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 144. My name is Rusty. Joining me tonight. Didn't stuff that up this time, did I, Andy?
0: No, it's <coughs> nah, smooth. Yeah, smoother.
1: nice. Yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned anything no one would have known. Andy, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Good. Doing well. And a uh, mm. special guest tonight as well, Plushy. Hey, buddy. How you going? Good, mate. Match director of SteelSlam himself. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems really nervous about the fact that I'm bringing that right up at the, uh, that up at the top of the show. But, I don't know if uh, there's any knives in my back. <laughs> not yet. yet. <laughs> yeah, we've still got time. Uh, right, cool. How's, how's your, your week, couple of weeks been, Andy? You've, you've shot Slam. We won't get too deep into that. Yep. that we'll cover that shortly. Yep. But uh, anyway, any, anything else to talk about?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. I've been just flat out with uh, other life commitments, uh, but I have picked up my 9 mil handgun. So there's a little bit of excitement once you get a new toy and you start playing with it and you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you uh, What did you get? So I've got a Shooter's Arms Elite Match okay. uh, in, yeah, 9mm uh, 1911 frame. Yeah. That's no, a good, good one to start off with, I guess. Yes.
1: There you go. I don't
0: know what that is. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's a handgun of some sort, but, yep. yep. It's shiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just go with that. you got a shiny new handgun. That's it. Sensational.
0: Who knows how to use it? <laughs>
1: Nope. What about you, Plushy? Um,
2: I've had a steady stream of parts coming in for my two to three AI build, my trainer. All right. Hello. I've got everything now, but a scope. I <coughs> don't know if you could sort me out with that one. That'd be great, Rusty. Um, Get on. And right. just a barrel. I mean, it's functioning at the moment, but uh, <laughs> putting a <laughs> different barrel. Wait, it's on working it. without a barrel on it. Oh, it's got a short barrel on there. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay. So two to three AI as a trainer. Mm. Why? Why that over a two to three as a trainer?
2: Uh, brass prep. I don't like brass prep or brass trimming. Um, two to three okay. cases grow a bit. Yep. And mm-hmm. the AI doesn't as much. Okay. Um, and it's something a bit different, I suppose. Sure. If you can extra 50 feet or 80 feet a second out of it, that's actually mm-hmm. the real reason is around the numbers. Yep. Um, that's got a 80 to 85 grain projectile. It's ballistically out to 500 meters, almost identical to my six mm creed. Yeah. Right. So same elevation. Um, virtually the same wind, wow. to the point where I wonder why I'm running a six mil creed. <laughs> Maybe you should just run a 23 AR. Yeah, but right. Beyond okay. 500 meters, it it's not quite the same. Changes the game, yeah, yep. big deal. But yeah, under 500, so that's going to be my club gun. Oh well, wow. one day match gun. And keep the keep the six mil creed as a uh, as a PRS gun.
1: Yeah, right. Well, they're definitely not counting that as in the 2D3 category at our club because nah. it's oh, uh, modified. So, yeah, it's oh, way yeah, out. On. No, I mean the ballistics on it are too good. Like uh, I, from, from my research it's very similar to a 6 mil Cree, basically the same. Mm. Good with research. Grainers. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the information <laughs> I came to on my own without any other input. And um and so I, I, I don't think it can be counted as a 2D3 category.
0: Yeah, I reckon I heard the same thing pretty lately as yeah, well. Yeah.
1: yeah, actually I reckon it was covered in the modern day Rifleman Summit. Uh, I reckon they talked about that and <laughs> that's where I've information from yes no, okay, no really. I don't know no, no. <laughs> good. Well, good
0: to good to hear so, so what is different there is a the shoulder angle and yeah it's
1: 40
2: degree improved I think okay Just, so yeah I think that's the Ackley thing 40 degree improved yep hmm.
1: um, not a huge amount um, but enough to boost a bit of a uh, feet per second get a bit more velocity out of it and go from there
2: Yeah, exactly
0: so wait you reload your training rifle
2: I'm kind of hoping that the 69 grainer. um Oh, what are they? The OSA yep. Yep. stuff, that's pretty cheap. Um, I'm kind of hoping that that's going to shoot as a fire-forming load. Well, that's the thing. Yeah,
1: because nice. yeah, you can run mm. just standard two to three you can. in there. Yeah, they yep.
2: index off the shoulder and the headspace is all good and stuff like that. So you can nice. still run two to three ammo through there. Yep. And I was going to see if it works. And if it works, I can still shoot it on the cheap. Then you got to pack up. And I can yeah, nice. reload it as well. I'll eventually get a progressive press. Mm-hmm. So it's quick and easy and
1: mm. if, you know, don't feel guilty about sending 200 rounds range on the nice. weekend. Nice. All sorts of plants. Very good. Well, uh, speaking of feeling guilty, uh, the modern day Rolf summit is free and uh, is on right now. As we record this, probably uh, wrapped up by the time we uh, finish recording this. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you guys been checking it out? I have a little bit. Yeah, I watched mm-hmm. uh,
2: Regina Milkovich last night. Yep, um, she had some pretty some pretty good pointers when it comes to mindset. Yeah, about what she does, how she prepares, how she gets over a bad stage. Mm-hmm. Some pretty good tips there. That one and
1: Kyle, was it Kyle Lamb? Kyle Lamb, yeah. yeah I, I was watching, that one today.
2: Yeah, I was watching bits and pieces of that. I haven't finished that one yet.
1: Yeah, that was a good one actually. Yeah, that it was, was actually. He's was an
2: interesting good. guy.
1: Mm. So uh, for those who are not familiar with it, uh, the, the guys at Modern Day Sniper have put together a virtual summit, which is I think basically uh – 25 or 30 uh, different uh, speakers uh, over a five-day period and, and pretty much the way it's running uh, which will be out of date by the time everyone hears this but anyway <laughs> for the Patreon supporters who are watching this live uh, you, you have uh, five or six a day that are coming up and then a few are behind a, a paywall but the, the, the majority of it's free if you watch it in the 24-hour period that the various videos are up and then you can go and pay about 140 US I think it is now uh, to To have access to all of them plus some extra ones uh, at any time, so and there, there are some good names we did bang on about last episode, but now we 're into it,
2: just looking at that list and there 's mm. a few names in there that i 'm definitely going to watch out for Nick Vitabo yep, um, Jim C. And uh, there was another one, I think, Jacob Bynum might have been up the top as well. Yeah, he certainly is. He's yeah. always got something interesting to say. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So mm. looking forward to, uh, to, to the rest of this. Uh, it's been excellent. Uh, like uh, we, we were discussing it before. It was a bit different to what you thought it was going to be, Plushy.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was, when they sort of said seminar, I thought it was going to be a, like a structured presentation mm-hmm. about, you know, wind or, you know, mindset or something like that. And it's been a little bit more like a... You thought it was basically a weekend of TED Talks.
1: Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah there's enough. nothing wrong with that. No, no not saying it's a bad thing, but that, um, that's sort of so what. Yeah, so
2: that's my yeah. my impression after watching the first couple is it's a bit more like a, a casual chat with some structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you put it well and it's kind of like a whole bunch of podcasts sort of crammed into one. So it's, it's still got some value. You watch it
1: and you're like, oh, that's useful or
2: mm. something like that, but different to what I was expecting.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's much more conversational uh, between between two guys, um, uh, two guys or two girls. Or no, hang on, Regina might be the only girl in there. But anyway, you, you know what I mean. Uh, it's much more conversational. It's much more of an interview sort of based yeah. um, setup, which is not not bad and, and funny because you're you're talking about it uh, not as a presentation. You're like, oh, I'm not not sure about it. But as we spoke about it more and more, you're like, oh no, there is there is gold being dropped in there. You just you have to listen through to it. it doesn't leave you with like a snappy three points to go and execute in the next. Uh, yeah you know, next match that you do you, there is the, the the information's there, and we'll just see how the different presenters put that forward
2: yeah no it's been it's been good I'll make an effort to uh, to watch what we were saying before that the time difference doesn't work in your favor by the time you get home from work and you've only got three or four hours to to get your episodes out before they reset to the next day
1: Well, you say that but they're up there for twenty four hours Jeez. So you're only sleeping for eight of them some of us work yeah well, um. <laughs> Drive to work, drive home from work. Yeah, it's a long
2: drive you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, but
1: you. You drive a lot further than I do. You can't watch videos when you're driving down the freeway. You don't have well, to you watch. Can, it's but, all uh... listening. It's all listening. <laughs> Just turn your phone over so you can't see it and then have a listen to it. Yeah. I keep getting complaints that we don't do a video podcast and now someone's complaining that it's ah. uh, too much video. <laughs> too difficult, yeah. <laughs> too hard. Chews up my
2: data, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good, mate. So, Andy, you, you were saying before that you were uh, going to sign up to it because you haven't been able to watch it while yeah. it's been happening.
0: Yeah, I've been pretty flat-strapped with work and a few other bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but work-wise, I'll be heading over interstate for a couple of months
1: Ooh.
0: and two weeks in quarantine. Uh, sounds like a good time to smash <laughs> out a few shooting-related subjects.
1: I like how you're putting a positive spin on it. That's right. Because <laughs> I know deep down you're like, can't wait, and you're really excited.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's not enough porn to last two <laughs> weeks, is there? So
1: <laughs> You, you want to borrow a camera? <laughs> you, anyway. you finally get some calluses on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Do some real work. All right? Good. Anyway, uh, so that's that's well worth checking out. And and even if you've, you if you're hearing this, I don't know how long these guys are going to uh, leave this up and available mm. for purchase, but I suspect it will be for a while. Uh, and there are a few uh, additional ones. Either there's sessions with with some of the guys who do the free sessions. There's some ones if you pay for it, you get access to all of that. And then there's some uh, ones that are, I think the, the guests only appear behind the paywall as well for a couple of them. So, yeah, looking looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how that all goes. They also uh, have indicated that this is the first of an annual series. Oh, awesome. That's good. Yeah, yeah. so yep. I think this is going to become – and no doubt, I think one of the things that they uh, they may be uh, you know, probably keen, keen to hear how people took it, what people liked about it and all that sort of thing because – if they're planning to do it again next year, no doubt they'll uh, mm. they'll be seeking feedback of what they could tweak uh, to make it even better next year.
2: I think one thing they've got spot on from the start is the um, the variety of shooting backgrounds for the people that they've got in there mm. is there is something there is somebody from you know every sort of background you could think of gives mm. it some real some real variety.
1: Absolutely, uh, very good. One uh, one other thing that happened recently uh, uh, we, we'll get into still slam shortly, but the monster uh, team match up at Biggin. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you uh, anyone hear much, uh, many results or anything from that. I know we'll, we'll give a shout out to the uh, to the winners. Let's let uh, no,
2: me know. No, I haven't had a chance. So I know I did see who the winners were, but I haven't seen much beyond that.
1: Yeah. So we uh, congratulations goes out to Curtin Mitchell uh, who took took it out, which is uh, excellent. It's great to see, great to see some uh, some different names that we don't see mm-hmm. too often uh, taking that out as well. Brennan Henry, you know those boys. Uh, they came in second, and then uh, Mark and Dave for a, a solid third place finish. Don't know who, Mark, which Mark and Dave that is, but anyway, it looks like it was a really good match uh, from the brief few photos and bits and pieces. But no mm. doubt, the uh, stories will get out there. I suspect it really was just Queensland guys could shoot it. So uh, yeah, which is which is excellent to to see because then more more people get involved. Yep. At that level. So looking forward to uh, hearing the stories about that one. I'm keen to see about – I think
2: they had four stages that they ran at night. I'm really keen oh, to yeah. get some information about those, how they did it and what the stages yep. were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, very good. There was there was one here. Uh, I, did, I did see uh, they had a the Ironside uh, stage, the wake-up call, where the competitors were required to shoot three rounds from three different objects. Uh, the catch was before they could engage to the target their team, had to move an Ironside coffee mug full of water uh, to a chair behind the designated object. Um, yeah, without spilling it and such, uh, this forced good communication teamwork between pairs and I was told it was an excellent stage. So yeah, things like that sounds, uh, sounds excellent. Sounds excellent. So uh, hopefully that, uh, that went very well. And while that was on, uh, well, the week before that was on, we had our own match, the Steel Slam down at Monado and, um, well, Plushy, you were the match director. So Andy, how did you feel it went?
0: Um, thanks, <laughs> Plushy. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> No, it was it was a really good day. Uh, the weather really turned it on for us. Um, you know, we were oh, right, we were yeah. all bracing for a lot of rain. Yeah, yeah like never a, came. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I think there was a little twinkle for about ten fifteen minutes to start with, and then it it all cleared up and it was sunny and pretty yeah.
1: nice day for the rest yeah, of it. it was, yeah. yeah, it was
0: beautiful. Um,
1: Basically, rained during our AGM in the morning.
0: Yep, and then once
1: we finished that, it stopped raining, <laughs> and the day got better.
0: Yeah, so you did one thing right, Plushy. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what would have made that match a whole lot better was if you were just wet the entire time. <laughs> like, it would have been so much more fun. I'll bring a hose and a bucket next time. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be good. Andy will be a drenched. <laughs> the and, entire. A, and a mop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, just leave that for you in quarantine. Oh, so... God. We, we noticed some interesting things out of that one plushie. What uh, a, I don't know. What people, have we
2: noticed? that the the, uh, the scores were low?
1: Yeah, when mm. people don't shoot matches competitively for six months, yep, and then and then shoot what would be regarded as probably not a tough match, but a, like a slightly harder than normal, mm. Mm. probably on par with a, with a one day match, maybe a little harder. Um, but they haven't done that for six months. <laughs> um, pe- makes, people, makes a huge difference. People don't yeah. necessarily go
2: great. Yeah, look, I reflected on that after the, uh, well, after the first three stages. <laughs> so, <laughs> after the first three shooters complained? I, I spoke to a couple of people after three stages and, like, how are you going? They're like, got three points, like on that stage. They're like, no, three points. <laughs> 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 like, oh, uh, crap. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, I, I think I made it pretty clear from the start that it was intended to be a, a more difficult match mm-hmm. and we don't have to follow the PRS rulebook, which is, which is good sometimes yep. um, sure. to yep. be able to do things a little bit different. Experiment um, a bit more. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I don't subscribe to the theory that every stage has to be achievable. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to sometimes throw in the mix where the you have to make a decision about. Like, well, only get six out of these ten points, uh, so get six points. Don't mm-hmm. don't take ten shots and get two points. And that was one thing I took away from watching a lot of people shoot was there were some very rusty competitors out there. Yeah, so and, very rusty, and then. One of the, I guess one of the things that made me feel slightly better about it was generally on most stages one or two people did well. Really well. Okay to well to really well. Yeah. And so I sort of looked and went, okay, so people, you're watching people make silly mistakes, things they wouldn't normally do from being out yeah. of practice. And mm-hmm. I sort of went, yeah, maybe it was definitely meant to be hard. Yeah. Um But seeing a few people do well at each stage, you're like, no, it is it is doable. Mm. And it mm. made me sleep a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think we saw that. I certainly saw that, that – there Was a lot of dumb mistakes, <laughs> a lot of yeah. little things that just people were out of practice. Yep. And he's nodding. Um, yep. many, many, many that <laughs> I observed was from him where you look at it and you're <laughs> like, mate, like everything about you actually shooting was great, but your decision making yep. leading up to it was pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, so it must, I was in the, the uh, luxurious position of uh, basically being there to film it and to cover it on, uh, on Instagram, which uh, Tell you what, we learned some stuff about Instagram that day. Uh, turns out there's a hundred post limit for us for Instagram stories in twenty four hours. Yeah, right. Now, most mm. people don't know that because most people aren't stupid enough
0: to try and do more than a hundred <laughs> posts in
1: twenty four hours. Yeah, uh, and uh, we did. We cracked. Uh, it we, was
0: just over two hundred, wasn't it? Three
1: hundred and eight. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we didn't even plan that, but anyway, three hundred and eight mm. uh, stories we did that that day, mm. uh, and and only once we finished the day up, we're like, hang on a sec. You go back to watch uh, the stories at the beginning and you start it, you know.
0: Halfway through. Yeah. More
1: than halfway through. <laughs> like, oh, that's a lesson learned. But anyway, I um, br- bring that up because uh, really we got a chance to observe a lot more, mm. much, much more consciously because we were filming so much more and, and doing that sort of stuff. So it was really interesting to see that a lot of that, that uh, those edge in, in decision-making were, were off. Mm. And and there was some average shooting. Uh, don't get me wrong, but there was, a, yeah, there was a lot of um, a lot of those just simple stuff that were just out of
2: practice for. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. Like, I won't claim that I ran every single stage in the lead up to it. Like, I ran the ones that I thought needed to be run. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, there was a couple of stages there where I cleaned them on my first run. Um, did them. You only really learn on your first run how yep. valuable it is, anyway. Yep. Um, and I got my last shot off just as the timer went off, and I was like, "No, timing's about right." Yep. But what I perhaps didn't take into account is I've been practicing mm. a fair bit. Yeah, you've been pretty focused. I've been over shooting the last a fair bit months, and practicing yeah. a fair bit over the last six months, so I sort of judged it off of where I was at and perhaps um didn't take into account
1: where I was at is not where not too many everybody people has is, is been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's exactly right. Now having said that, um the the guys who well first and first and second were I will not say a surprise but were, were guys who were not perhaps same same deal with the the um, the monster team match names that perhaps not so familiar with people outside yeah. of our club mm. um, and guys you know I, I certainly like you know thought these boys are gonna gonna do all right in fact one of them um, Joel we were going to follow we, we over the, the the broadcast we did mm. we followed four four guys because if we just tried to sort of snip so everyone, it's, it's a hard story to follow if gets, people sit sitting watch at home. But yeah. if you get if you're watching four guys and you're counting their scores every stage and all that sort of gear, so we chose four, and Joel was one of those guys that we were going to follow, and he was just a bit nervous about it. You know, I think one of his bigger matches, he was getting ready. But I'm like, I reckon you'll do really well. Like that's why I wanted to follow him. And then Jason Barrons was there. I'm like, oh, well, he's always a solid performer. Well, we'll yeah, and, and he's he's happy to be on camera for us and stuff. So so we'll follow him instead. And then Joel won the match, <laughs> and, which, you know, it, it is no surprise to me. It was a surprise to him, apparently. Mm. But, yeah, no no big surprise to me because I watched him over the last few months get better and better and better and really put the focus in it. Yeah, mm. really agree. You've been watching um, – Oh, sorry, and shout-out to Guy as well. Who I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah don't, don't those guys concerned.
2: have only been coming out to the club for, what, six or nine months maybe somewhere, maybe a year at I most. I reckon a year, yeah. yeah. You've watched them. They've been actually really good because those guys, they seek – Advice and they, they mm. was clear that they wanted to learn, mm. and they've been they take on you give them some tips, and you can see they go and they take it on. And it's got to the point where you're watching them grow in as an ability as a shooter so quickly, you're like, I'm gonna have to stop giving advice <laughs> here, or <laughs> this guy's gonna be better than me soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's good to see some new shooters coming up, and both mm. those two guys, I think they're Going to go very well in the next couple of years, yeah. And
1: and they didn't luck like it either. And right. and you know, we, we we talked about the the podcast we're moving forward for the remainder of this year, really about getting into a PRS. Well, these these two lads are excellent examples of having gone, Yeah, I want to follow that sport. And and they haven't just necessarily always just blown money on gear straight up, they've they've sought lots of advice and they've just gone to matches and shot and shot and shot. And I remember, you know, I particularly remember shooting with Joel a little bit more, um, but you know early days he was you know struggling to hit heaps of targets yeah, and definitely and now was struggling to miss
2: yeah he's um he's an interesting one because you see him sometimes he'll come out he lives local to the club mm-hmm. and he'll pop out on a saturday afternoon or something like that and he doesn't even shoot he just comes and watches the watches the match watches everybody shoot and just yeah. takes it all in mm-hmm. that's clearly working for him
1: mm. so um, it's good what about you Andy how were things for you for the match overall? Give us a breakdown and what yeah. of the lads who were.
0: I think I think my excuse is I had the, um, <laughs> the camera in my face.
1: Should I should I get and a list going? Yeah, so okay. the camera, camera in my face. Was one. Yep,
0: yep. Sh- got a shot out barrel.
1: A Shot out barrel. Yeah, of course. Yeah, wind. Do you want to claim wind? Wind was wind, definitely there. Yeah, yeah that's I'm it. pretty sure. That- How many hours of sleep did you get the night before?
0: Oh, who knows? About two. Yeah, okay. did you
1: have any weddings to go to? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Um, so now that we've moved on from the excuses, yeah. why are we so bad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh, I'd hate, I'd hate to do this, but it is practice, lack of practice. 100%. And yeah. that's that's pretty much it. Um, like I, I think looking back on those stages, yeah, like you were saying, they're difficult, but they're definitely not undoable as in like, you know, to get a reasonably, you know, moderate score in them, um, they're definitely doable. Uh, it's just my lack of understanding stage briefs. Oh, yeah,
1: that was one, wasn't it?
0: Uh, So That that was a good one. And the most frustrating thing about it was I, like, nailed a lot of those targets. So I thought I got something like eight out of ten. I was like, sick. And then, yeah, completely hit them in the wrong order. So I think I ended up with four or something.
1: I think, yeah, yeah, Yeah. you you had a a stage where you had to shoot and and then move out to the next one, shoot, and then move out to the next one, get all the way out to the end.
0: And then come and back. and then come back. Yep.
1: And somewhere along the lines, you shot the first one with two, yep. like you hit twice, and yep. then went out to the next one. Here, thought you'd save yourself some time, and just while you were there, send the second round in, and <laughs> yeah. and go from there. And and I think originally you were, you thought you went from eight to to one, and then we worked yep. out that because it was a it was a shoot to. I can't remember. Hit to move stage. You, you then moved, technically it. actually came out at four or something. Yep. So because you yep. did hit all four on the way so, out. So. Mm. Uh, yeah. There there was controversy around that because really the uh, the range officer probably should have corrected you, but I'm not sure they were whoever no. it was was paying attention at the time and just sort of let it roll and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is what it is, but really it came it, it like it does sort of come back on me. Like I should have oh, read yeah, the nah. stage brief and understood it <laughs> to start with.
2: I, I remember the uh, the one where you had the downhill platform. Yes. You, ask, you yeah. asked me three times if all the equipment had to be on the platform and I said, no, just the shooter. And you proceeded to grab all of the equipment and put it on the platform and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: struggled me to hit a target off it. I was like, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's another one.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't get us wrong. You did have some good stages as well,
0: yeah, but, yeah,
1: one, but <laughs> the mistakes are more fun. To yeah,
0: that's it. To. You definitely learn the hard way when you go about things that way. But um, no, it was still an awesome day. And, mm. um,
1: yep. I think, uh, so for, for the ones that you, uh, you, you did struggle on, so that we've mentioned so far, mm. um, obviously the, the, the way to fix many of those were, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily your shooting ability, it, it was,
0: it was all mental. Yeah. Like even that, um, that process of reading a stage brief, understanding it, and memorizing, okay, like, yeah, this target, then this target, then this target move, and then, you know, or like a process. Usually if you're doing that consistently like once a month and, or you're running training at home, like it, it, you sort of get into that mental flow. Mm-hmm. And then um, I found myself like completely second-guessing myself where I'd write stuff on my wrist like a process and i look at it and be like, oh, I thought it was something different. Look at it, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was all over the shop. Um, it, was, it was definitely a, I made it intentionally,
2: it was a, a rich, a rich target environment or mm. there, was a lot of, there was a lot of targets on the field mm. and there was a lot of targets that weren't, you know, at our range you've got the four main berms that we shoot yep. against yep. and I deliberately put a lot of targets out on the field where there was zones that you were shooting down, like lanes that yep. you were shooting down, but yep. if you weren't familiar with your targets, it would have been very easy to get lost.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: There's, there was one here. Which was dial it like the Stevens, which is uh, <laughs> where your your range officer would adjust oh, yeah. your turrets, uh, and there is a lot of zeros. Mm. Yeah, on I was that um, stage.
2: I I debated over that one whether to put it in on a on a you know a one day match, having a lot of a lot of shooters that were coming straight out of club matches where we wouldn't normally do that sort of thing. Yeah, and it was a it was <laughs> I, I, I went
1: I went with it in the end because I sort of thought didn't realize it was this bad. You, no, you only was, had uh, five people hit. Yeah, that was.
2: Surprising! I actually haven't <laughs> reviewed
0: that one.
1: Wow. Wow. Is that? Cor- uh, I'm wondering if that's that, actually correct.
0: Is that the one that it, it went out and then came back that I double tapped?
1: No, no, no. That no? was a different one. This is the one where you, you it's, it's showing, if this is correct, it's showing that guys don't know their drop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I think um, that was the one where you had five targets in a row. Oh, yeah, and it went was. Out, you went out but, to five and then went five back to one. This is, this is that one, the, yeah. the donuts. Wow, style. five people scored. Oh, no, that's well, surprising.
1: Hang on, I'm I'm wondering whether or not this is no. Nah, I reckon these results are incorrect. That are that are on practice score. At the I, time. Don't him on yeah, I don't have in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, that's all right. Good. <laughs> well, I, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: do remember that other thing that the first stage where you know obviously not practicing and stuff. I I really rushed that. Mm. I was because um, I think it was 120 seconds. Like we yeah, had time yeah. ample of yeah. time. Yeah. Stage one, and I was like just <laughs> running it so hard and missing. Yeah. That. I and I. Mm. Yeah, looking back on that, I was like, man, like the adrenaline kicks in and you're you're in the zone and you're just just cycling so quick and you're like, man, I should have slowed down and just I had plenty of time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of new shooters. Uh, we we rang Maxwell last week on the yep. show. Um, yep. Uh last time on the show and, and Maxwell and Mick both uh both were on the mm. the broadcast uh that we did uh over Instagram. But the uh those boys shot their first match um completely and this was still mm-hmm. stamped. So I mean a, a rough one to get started in. Definitely. Um but by the same token, a good one. they they both left well Maxwell has now bought himself a expensive custom gun. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and I think Mick has ID'd which uh, which gun he's going. So yeah, obviously it worked well for them. The boys mm. enjoyed it, um, and I think they actually ended up both on the same score. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, mother Pipped them on the tiebreaker or something like that. So yeah. it uh, it was uh, it was really good to see. But they uh, they, I, Andy, you were with them for the the yep. day as well. And some some lessons that you may have seen that that some listeners could could benefit from what they yep. you know, what they learned over the course of the day. Which yeah. you know is probably the best question for us them, but they're not here, so I'm asking you.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely learn a lot of things over the day as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Um, I was going to say one one thing that I definitely picked up on, and and I'm sure a lot of new shooters or definitely hunters will do it: is as soon as they take a shot, lift their head up and try and look for the target. And when you're shooting three yep. or four hundred meters, it's not going to help you. <laughs> no, um, no. That was probably one of the big ones, and probably probably just taking that extra you know second or so to settle in and get stable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think. As a new shooter, you want to try and maybe jump in there and jump the gun like I do, and it doesn't work out. <laughs> so, um,
2: that, was a, that was across the board. I
0: watched mm. a lot of experienced
2: shooters rattle off 10 shots in 40 seconds when they had 120 seconds on a stage. Mm. Yeah, okay. And you were like, they got up and they were shaking their head and you know they didn't hit much. Mm. I'm like, why did you shoot so quick? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. You, yeah. you left 80 seconds on, on the clock. Um, and they were just like I said rusty shooters, I suppose, and mm. they just they were like getting
1: up, wishing they had their time over mm. so for our friends in uh, in Victoria um we use <laughs> that term loosely, of course, friends, but mexicans um, yeah <laughs> for our friends or, or for you know others in in other states where they haven 't been out to shoot matches or do those sort of things, or even i mean our guys here have been out to shoot matches and still you know come out with all you know cobwebs and such when they actually mm. go to shoot a proper match um is there ways to combat this? Because you know, thinking the, the, the guys in Victoria, for example, they wouldn't have been able to get out to a range probably since March, uh, and and you know, that they, they chances are they won't be able to travel much until who knows, November or, or December or so, uh, and then you know, matches will kick off next year. Uh, what can they do, or what can we all do to try and? So retain some of that uh, or or work on that while we're at home or anything like that. Can dry fire help with this stuff?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think dry fire is the key, but don't fall into a lazy routine. Mm. Don't don't pull out your skill stage two barricade and, you know, two shots from four positions, do that 20 times and walk away. Mm. Make a stage in your head Mm -hmm. um, when you're dry firing something you haven't done before Mm. and then do it. Like yeah. run that stage two or three times until you, you're like, yeah, i clean that. Yeah. And then you're pretty much wasting – for me, you're wasting your time from that point forward. If you're in good positions and you're taking good shots, you you need to challenge yourself again. Mm-hmm. Make a new stage, new positions, new targets, um, and just keep doing it differently because that's where you get it at a match. You don't do the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. You do something different, something new. Um, I think we spoke about it on that weekend where it becomes when you first start shooting, you get this – you're worried about – what's my trigger doing, what's my left hand doing, what's my breathing doing, is my yeah. body scared square to the rifle, like am I pushing it, that sort of thing. You've got all these things going on in your head. Then there's wind and elevation and all that sort of stuff. But after you get some more experience, and that those basic things become muscle memory mm-hmm. and they happen automatically. And then you can start thinking about huh, what target am I shooting at, um, how much wind am I holding, what am I doing after that target, what position am I getting into next? You start to remember mm-hmm. those things and that comes through practice really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I know something I'll definitely be doing is not only, like you said, walking up to a skills, um, skills two barricade and just, you know, plodding along, but um, definitely trying your, your awkward positions and things like that, but also getting an old stage book and running through the stages. And even though you might just have one target that you're essentially dry firing on, pretending it's at different ranges and practice dialing, practice your holdovers so you get to know your reticle and your scope. Yeah, just trying mm. to get it a bit more diverse. So, yeah, I did realise for myself reading three stages and understanding them I lacked on. So I'll be <coughs> definitely yeah, okay. doing that. Mm. Is,
1: it, is it worth uh, even you know, winding that back further in the dry fire sort of scenario if that's all you got access to? Or let's say guys who are able to get to the range, you know, grabbing a matchbook or a stage brief or something like that mm. and then – you know, their dry fire rather than like standing where there with a gun, hit the timer, and, and that's when they commence their practice. Actually, going gun down, grab the the matchbook or whatever, read through it. Go okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Process that, identify a plan, and then actually like, do the entire process because that's what I think I saw a lot of mm-hmm. lacking. But they, they could take the shots fine, not necessarily hit, but they were they felt under pressure. They were you know pumping out. All the all the rounds in third of the time. Absolutely, I think people have lost that natural clock as well. Yep, that timing. Yep,
2: um, and that's there's two more things that I sort of do when I practice. Not that I, I don't do a huge amount of dry fire practice. So I don't enjoy it. Um, I try to get to the club and shoot live fire. I get far more reward you out of that. it. wet,
1: don't you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Good. You enjoy Andy's quarantine
1: live stream, that Andy.
2: <clears throat> I time myself so I understand how long it takes me to get into. Prone position from standing port arms, or how long it takes me to get in position and get my first shot off in different types of positions. So I know when you start looking at a stage and you've got 90 seconds and 10 positions, and I'm like, oh, that's a 12 second, that's a 12 second per position sort of stage for me. I'm like, yep. okay, I'm only going to get seven shots off probably. So I drop the last three, I don't think about the last three shots, just focus on getting into good positions and taking good shots. Mm. Um, so I try to break it down into what I think is achievable for me. That'd be the one. And um, the other is I actually, on the occasions I do drive fire, um, I'll make a wind call, like an imaginary wind call yep. as well. I don't just aim for the centre of the target all the time because yep. um, it's, it's not often, like at our range, it's not often you're actually aiming at the centre of the yeah. target. So I'm like, cool, it's an eight-mile-an-hour mile wind. It's, you know, 0.6 or whatever, and I'll focus on holding 0.6 as well just mm. to keep that current. Mm.
1: Yeah. Very good. And I'm just, just thinking, we made a little video, a little stop-motion video years ago. Uh, to explain t- to ROs like how, you know, if, if you're rocking up to a match because I'm, I'm anticipating there's a bunch of guys listening who haven't made a match yet and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, grab the matchbook and just treat it like a normal match and they're like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, which is totally a fair thing. So we made this little stop-motion video with Lego uh, a little while ago to to send to ROs to show them like, you know, you, you, your squad will come here and they'll move here and the guns will go in this position and stuff. and And it's probably – I will have to look at it again. It's probably clear enough for you to get an indication of how things play out, uh, and maybe maybe I'll it's a it's up on YouTube, but it's unlinked. So maybe I'll, I'll put oh, yeah. that link up somewhere for our listeners to have a have a, a watch and, and so you can get a bit of a feel for how uh, how these things go. Even have.
2: even some of the things, other like questions I was getting on the morning of, guys were rocking up. They're like, "Cool, where do I zero? You're like, "At home." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what do you mean and you're like oh like okay like we had the other range open and we like, did, if you go yeah. down there you can you can go zero mm-hmm. but i was like yeah the one day match traditionally you uh, you don't get an opportunity to check your zero you need to come ready to roll mm-hmm. and yep. that would have been i don't know maybe six or 10 guys yep. that their first match and you're like cool so we're not going to deny you because you didn't know but just yep. be aware that you don't get the opportunity to zero very often
1: mm. yeah yeah how do we zero come on friday <laughs> come yeah help me, come help me set up you can zero all you like yeah uh, absolutely it was, uh, uh, i'm just trying to find this video here it is let's have a look at how a stage is set up and run firstly we need a stage this is a pretty generic barricade setup a couple of things will be present on every stage you have a gun box this is where the competitors will put their guns when they arrive The next is a staging box. This is where the next competitor will be waiting with their rifle, while the shooter before them completes their stage. There'll be a safety line. This is where all the waiting shooters, spectators, and anyone not directly involved in that stage at the time will need to stand behind. Let's get our stage officers in place. First, we need a spotter who will watch to call the shots. Next, we need a scorer who will record the scores. Sometimes this can be the same person, depending on how challenging the stage will be and we will need a stage runner. This person gives the briefing to the competitors, gives the shooters instructions, and runs the timer. Let's get started. A squad will descend on the stage, placing their rifles into the gun box. With the empty chamber indicator in, magazines out and pointing down range. They will then stand behind the safety line. Inspection of the props and barricades, in most cases, is not allowed. The stage runner will then brief the competitors. (laughs) A couple of minutes after this the first two shooters will get their rifles and the first shooter will get ready in the starting position with the second shooter ready in the staging box. The stage runner will confirm all are ready and the stage will begin. The shooter will shoot the stage and immediately after the stage runner will go to the next shooter who is already in the staging box and get them underway. The next shooter in line is expected to get ready and get themselves into the staging box. Once all shooters have run through the stage, a stage officer should report to the match director that they are ready and await further instructions. All rifles must stay in the gun box. Something like that. That works? Yeah, so just a a, a clear, basic, simple sort of understanding of the process and, and sort of everything you would expect to, to do. Obviously, you know, it's better to go and shoot a match and learn that. But, you know, if, you, if you're at home and you haven't shot a match yet, at least give you a little bit of an indication of what to expect when you rock up as a stage rotation. Uh, and and I would suggest, yeah, you, you you actually practice getting that brief, making some decisions and then going ahead and implementing that. And then you might run that stage three or four times to, to build up that tri-fire practice of actually running it. But that process is a lot of what we saw fall down for many shooters, and and I don't know if you noticed it, plus you, but I certainly did. As the day went on, things got better uh, yep. from that regard, and as people sort of found their feet, three, four, five stages in. Normally, you, you often would see that on a stage or two. You know, by the second stage, most guys are into the flow of it. The first one might have, uh, you know, mm. reminded them how things work, uh, and and the top guys bring their A game. You know, stage one. I'm not sure anyone bought their a game stage one <laughs> on <No, laughs> no. the weekend, of, and and the warm up cycle did take mm. you know half the day, if not uh, four stages, to really start seeing people sort of put some scores down.
2: Definitely, yeah. I, I don't not to give Andy any uh, any more excuses or Go any valid it. excuses, but it. <laughs> it was pretty windy. It was a solid <laughs> twenty to thirty k's an hour over most of the day. There was a bit of a lull there for a bit. Yeah, it was challenging um, with the wind. Like yeah. I think I looked at the scores and the the winner got about 55% of available hits, which is less than I wanted. I was looking for about 80%. Yeah. yeah but sure. I reckon they lost a good probably 15 points to win. Like definitely the first yep. the first shot on every stage was probably a, mm. a fair one plus a few more. There were some small targets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you put 15 on there, it pulls it up around, you know, 70. Yeah. And then, like I said, there were some very experienced shooters there that Eighty percent was achievable for those guys if they, uh, yeah, if they had a, a normal what what I would consider
1: a normal day, normal day for mm. them. So
2: mm. yeah, it was interesting.
1: Good, good.
0: Yeah, yeah. The wind was definitely, uh, yeah, it was up there. It was switching. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. It was, it was <laughs> definitely switching side to side. It was solid. It was empty. It was, you know, all of the above.
1: But let's, let's, I mean, we talked down for
0: the entire thing. Like, what did you enjoy, Andy? Did you actually enjoy
1: getting out and shooting again?
0: Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was a ripper day, Uh barbecue lunch, uh, which was fantastic. And, um. Hot dogs. No hot less. dogs. Yeah. 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 Hot yeah. dogs. Good. good hot dogs. Yeah. And I think just to get out there amongst people again, smell a bit of gunpowder and, and start, you know, having a yarn with people and, just, you know, seem like, you know, it's just good to get back out and, um. It, um, as much as the shooting side of it for me was lacking. Reminded
1: uh, you of some areas to. Keeps me on. humble. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really positive way of looking at it. It kept yeah. you humble.
0: It kept me humble. Um, <laughs> yeah. A- again, it was just great to get out there and, and share the sport with uh, new shooters and people who um, yeah. who want to get into it.
1: Do you yeah. know how many uh, new shooters there were, Plushie, who were shooting their first People time? shooting their
0: first match. Yeah. Or their first one-dayer. or their first match
1: in There was at least three guys shooting their first ever match. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I reckon
2: there would have been 10 plus. Yeah, nearly maybe, half the field. Probably getting yeah. close to 15 were doing yep. their first one-dayer. Yeah, oh. right. Yeah, so it, was certainly a, uh, it was definitely a step up for those guys.
1: Yeah, fa- absolutely fantastic.
2: Um, I think it was a, one of the things I was aiming for was a t- timely reminder or a, not a timely reminder but a bit of a taste of what a
1: two-day match would be yeah, you, prob- you probably were pushing much closer towards the difficulty of a two-day match. Yeah, definitely. I
2: think we had a conversation about I
1: was skirting the lines of
2: um, getting a long list of things to work on versus <laughs> I don't want to shoot anymore <laughs> for some people. Um, but, um, yeah, like uh, the last thing I wanted is the guys to shoot a whole year of club matches and be like, I'm getting 80% of like the yeah. targets at a club match. Like I'm doing really well here. Yeah. And then hey a lot of money, like a two-day match isn't cheap. If anyone thinks it is, they're kidding themselves. Yeah. Um, and then go there and get five points mm. and think like, wow, what? Yeah. why is it so hard?
1: Yeah. It was good to bridge
2: that as well. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully mm. those guys have, you know, their first one day have got a bit of an idea of like the level that they need to sort of be at if they want to yep. not even be competitive, but the sort of level they want to be at if they want to go and, you know, shoot a good match and feel like they're, uh, they can handle the challenges that get thrown at them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and truly.
0: Yeah, I'd love to run this again in about a year's time when, when we've had like a, you know, without COVID, a solid and few an entire, months of,
1: you know, nearly an entire season of PRS as well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there's a pretty good chance that we will run the match in exactly a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah fair no, no, like Being same an stages, match. everything. Everything <laughs> that we
0: eat the same so we can oh, directly okay. compare yeah. how, we've, how we've gone. Mm.
2: How did you find the... Uh, actually, one I was interested in was the, um, the KYL, but not in a row at the same distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't shot it like that before. Not to say it hasn't been
1: done that way before. Multiple distance KWLs. also. yeah. Did your target stay the same, like MOA size as they got further away, or they were they the same physical size as they got further away? They
2: were approximately the same like MOA size as you went out, and then okay. the, the last target was a little bit smaller. No, oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I was curious to
1: see how people went with that one.
0: I uh, can't remember what my score was, but is that
1: the one? Uh, is that the one you stuffed up? That you were uh, you?
0: There were many. <laughs> <Must be laughs> Sorry, honest. that didn't narrow it down yeah. at all,
1: did no, it? No. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, cool. I, d- I don't remember the the particular one, but
2: I think the top score was four. Kweol
1: Omar style. Well. Oh, think... that was a single. Oh, that that, oh, was that was, right. You had to Was that the running? No. Run, grab your ammo, and then go to the next round, next target, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of. A lot of zeros on that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. There was
2: the one where if you got to five, you could bank your points. Right, the, the, with that win, the fifth target. Was no, I
0: did well on that. Difficult. You did. I did well on that one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because I'm a quick runner, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, accuracy via volume. <laughs> there was a bit of that. There was a bit of that on the weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Not wrong. One other thing I wanted to to mention: a bit of a shout out, bit of a uh, you know love to the community type stuff. We had planned to do our own food as a club, and and one of the guys uh, was with you know, hands up, got everything ready, did everything like that. We we're going to have Mexican, which I was very excited about, mm. and then uh, disaster struck a family family emergency on the Friday afternoon before the match, and yeah, he he was effectively he was going to be out uh, for the next twenty four plus hours uh, dealing with that, and it was like well, all right. What, what do we do here? And so, big, big shout out to Tim March, who basically just went, "Well, right, there's a need here. Uh, the other lads are busy doing whatever they're doing, and he went and got all the food, and you know, it was all, you know, fairly well prepared. But it was, it was, there was going to be a lot it still of still had to be cooked. Yeah, it was yeah. going to be a lot of work done on on the Saturday, and uh, and Tim just went, "No, I'm I'm all over it." And uh, yeah, he, I mean, you want to say anything on that? Plus, you oh, definitely.
2: Just, um, Thank you probably <laughs> the word. <laughs> yeah. he, he saved us from eating dominoes. <laughs> um, no, Tim was a, a, a real trooper. Actually, he spent pretty much the whole day in the kitchen. Yeah. did. Um, yeah. Cooking away. We did take one thing away from that, that uh, we're catering.
1: <laughs> we normally get these – it's funny, yeah. funny because we normally get these matches catered yeah. and someone else takes care of the food for us because we know we're going to have 30-odd people along there and, mm. and so we figure it's big enough that we can afford to pay a caterer to do it and then we were so nervous about how you – know, would we get 10 people to this one or 15 – and it was a bit slow to sell. We didn't have the Victorians because normally, well, I mean, still, this was a state of origin branch, which uh, South Australia has kept, <laughs> so uh, good to know that. Uh, but no, no Victorians, and which is normally, you know, 12 to 15 sort of crew coming over for that. We thought numbers would be way down, so we thought we'll do it internally because it's not worth, you know, it mm. doesn't make sense to to pay someone to do it. And then we ended up with a pretty reasonable twenty six shooters booked in or something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. So it, it ended up being a full <laughs> full job anyway. But um, yeah, it's awesome, you know, in a in a club like that to see someone just, yeah, you know, all right, That's that, there's a need there. Let's jump mm. on it. And I think uh, I think Tim had you know a reasonable amount of helping hands whenever he needed it as well. There was there was crew, crew round, on whatever they needed help. Wayne
2: cooked the barbecue, it's his specialty, yeah. which was really great. Um, no, Tim was great. I mean, we had a conversation on that Friday night about, oh, geez, we've got to go get the food. Like, yeah. And then I spoke to Tim and he's like, I've already got it. Yeah. I'm like, huh, cool. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll be up at seven in the morning and I'll, I'll make it happen. And he, like I said at the, the Prezos, that he was the star of the show, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, and the it, food was good. So, yeah. It so, was amazing. You know, <laughs> it was, we it was very good. It, had, um, chose, had chosen well and Tim executed very well. So, it was. It was well, old i plan I was just
2: nominate him to cook next time. Yeah, oh, well, let's yeah, yeah.
1: just take an official podcast vote for Tim to cook for every match in future. Aye. 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 Yeah. yeah. Good. Actually, Aye. he cooks better than he shoots, so it's probably in his best interest. <laughs> well, like that, that's not a very high bar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. We, we love you. Yeah, good Mexican. Good Mexican. Mm. We'll get him a sombrero next time. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was, that was the Steel Slam was uh, we had all full of uh, interesting stories. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really good, good to see new shooters go. Mm. And, and I think, uh, yeah, amazing to, uh, to see just that edge wear off. Um, and, and for those who are looking to get into this sport, yeah, it, the shooting is only one, one part of the whole deal. It really is being able to be prepared and ready and stuff like that. And that stuff you, you, you learn best uh, by going and doing and you will have those that match that you go, all right, I don't know what i'm <laughs> what I'm doing here yeah. and 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 the joy that you know what often happens, perhaps what we didn't see quite as often of this one uh, was that the more experienced guys usually have everything sorted in terms of that yeah. side of things, and then they're able to help the newer guys a bit more. Yeah. I saw a little bit more Andy's giggling. I saw a little <laughs> bit more of the more experienced guys are going. What the hell? What? What's a, what's a mill? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Why am what? I missing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to dial my scope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. I, I I did see a little bit more where they took a little bit longer to yep. to help the new guys out because they looked just they look like new guys on the day. So mm, it was yeah. it was interesting to see that dynamic uh, fall off a little bit. Um. But no doubt it will be uh, it'll be back. So don't worry if you're new shooter. Just just get out to it because um. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it, it's a perishable
2: skill, well and truly. Definitely, I think the, there was one stage there that really showed it off. Was the all of the bags? Yeah, s- hated that one. Oh yeah. yeah, talk about that one. Was, shocking, that was, that shocking. Was... The stage was
1: there was well, we we talked about this on on the last episode, and we were it was an unknown as to yeah. what we were going to be doing. It was just all these bags, and I was just yeah. trying to think. So there was eight props, and right?
2: There was eight props, ten shooting positions, and five targets. Yep. Now, had I I think that made it a step too far was yep. having ten shooting positions and five different targets, even though it was in a fairly logical order. Yep. Um it was always intended to be a bit of a mental challenge, but yep. looking at the some people, the mental challenge was a bit much.
1: I mean remembering <laughs> their gun was a mental challenge for some people in the Um room.
2: but yeah, so there was a there was an ironing board, uh, there was a car door that had a couple of shooting positions, there was there was a tree. What else do we have? There was a star picket. Mm-hmm few other bits Achier, and pieces. Yeah, Not an yeah, frame. Yeah, that was stuff, a me- yeah. the metal frame that was just huge and awkward. Mm. Uh, yeah, the idea was you had to get ten bags that were provided, put it at each, uh, one at each of your shooting positions and you couldn't take the bag with you but you had to use it. And you had to you had to shoot the, the targets, two shots per target, in order of near to far. Yep. So it wasn't, it didn't seem particularly difficult. Um, and I I sort of, when I when I put it together, there was six, there were six shooting positions that were quite achievable mm. um, at the nearer the, the 200, the 300 metres. And then there was four-ish positions that were going to be pretty challenging and that was the point. Yep. And to watch the amount of people that decided to use the most challenging position for the first four shots thinking they were going to get all 10 shots off mm-hmm. and bank those positions later on was an interesting choice that people made that made them get very low scores instead of banking the points early on and worrying about it if you've got time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's always a always an interesting discussion to work out whether or not you go off the solid positions at the, you know, the easier targets or the harder targets, or the you know which which way you play it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm much more of get the points, get the points in the bag.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, that that was my aim, but I still missed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good, excellent, well. Flushing, thanks for joining us. Uh, for wrapping up, still, still, Sam. I think you did a very good job. I think there was, there's there's mm. another dynamic that we didn't touch on, which is uh, your progression as as running matches. Uh, but we'll maybe we'll get into that another time for uh, sure. That was good, Andy. You got lots to learn. I mean, work on. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Remember. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even shoot, so I <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't miss a target all day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website,
0: www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.